Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. All right, today I want to teach on the subject anatomy of a believer. Anatomy of a believer. And just one verse to start with that we could all turn to. Uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 14. Acts chapter 5, verse 14 says, And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Amen. Believers were added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Amen. Praise God. So let me give a few verses out for those who would like to help me read. Let's see, Virginia, John 3.16. John 3.16 and uh, Daniel, Acts 16.30 and 31. Acts 16, 30, and 31. And George, Hebrews 11, 6. George, Hebrews 11, 6. And uh, Jenny, um, Luke 13, 3. Luke 13, 3. And Megan, Acts 22, 16. Acts 22, 16. Mandy, Mark 16, 16. And Terry, Acts 8.12, Acts 8.12, Brother Arnold, Acts 8, verse 36 through 38, Acts 8, 36 through 38, and Sister Priscilla, uh, Acts 16.33, 16.33, amen, all right. So the anatomy of a believer, praise God. And you know, anatomy is, it's, you know, something, it's the study of, you know, taking things apart and dissecting things. Uh, I mean, I remember when I was in, um, in school, we, we dissected a frog one time in science or whatever, and it was pretty gross. Um, but, you know, hey, if you want to know what's, what, you know, what's under the hood of a frog, you got to get in there and look at, you know, the insides or whatever. Uh, and so, um, so it's taking a closer look at something, basically. Um, you know, the definition is the art of separating the parts of an organism in order to ascertain their position, relation, and function. It's separating or dividing into parts for detailed examination. So we're going to take a detailed examination of what a believer is. It's analysis, it's breakdown, it's deconstruction, it's dissection. So when you hear that somebody is a believer, you know, and we talk about believing in God, so that's what we're talking about. Um, you know, not the monkey song, I'm a believer, I couldn't leave her if I tried. No, that's a different thing or whatever. But, you know, there's all kinds of believers out there, right? So but I'm talking about like focusing it in a little bit uh, on, on God. Um, so I want to teach about the anatomy of a believer. So, because we want to use the Bible 
to deconstruct, dissect, and break down uh, what constitutes a believer biblically. You know, not because, I mean, we, we all might have our opinions, and that's good, um, uh, but sometimes our opinions are not, you know, correct or whatever, um, and I don't want to just, you know, think I know what a believer is. The Bible will tell us, you know, what a, what a, a believer is. So read John 3.16. I think some people have heard this verse before. All right, so this is one of the most quoted verses in the Bible, uh, single verses. Get, we know God loved the world so much, gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes uh, in that only begotten son should not perish but have everlasting life, right? Amen. Very famous verse. Um, it's one of the most quoted verses, uh, very powerful verse, but it really doesn't tell me really what to believe in and how to believe. It says believe in the only begotten uh, Son of God. And uh, if I do that, I won't perish and I'll have everlasting life. But what does it mean to believe in the Son? And what is it, what, you know, how do I do that? So I can't just take that verse and say, okay, that's, this verse uh, alone will qualify me to be the believer I need to be in God. No, one verse is not going to do it. So, um, you know, what does it mean to believe in him, Jesus? Is it just a mental or an intellectual belief? You know, that, okay, yeah, I, I believe that statement. Or is there you're more to it? Uh, let's read another passage that's pretty familiar to Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. All right, so this is when, remember when Paul and Silas were thrown in prison just for preaching. They were out there just, you know, doing what God wanted them to do. Uh, some people didn't like it, and they stirred everything up, and they got thrown in prison. And uh, at midnight, they were singing praises to God instead of crying in the root beer. That was, that was pretty good. And God opened all the prison doors. Not only their prison doors, but all of the doors opened. And, and the warden uh, came, you know, because he lived on premises. He hears this commotion. He comes flying out with a light or whatever. He sees all the prison doors open. The first thing he thinks is, all right, I'm not only going to get fired, I'm going to have my head cut off, so I'm just going to do myself in before I'm embarrassed. And he was ready to just fall on his sword. And Paul said, no, 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 we're, we're all here. It's amazing. No one of the prisoners left, even though the doors are open. We're all here. Don't do yourself any harm. And this so impressed this guy because he knew a little bit about Paul and Silas and why they were there. And he came trembling and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You guys obviously have something. This has never happened before. The prison doors just don't fly open around here. And then he said, in response to how to be saved, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Okay, well, what, how do I do that? What is, it, what is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ? And that's a good statement. And I think everybody say, hey, I want to be saved, go to heaven. Everyone, that's a positive thing. And there are many people uh, in this world that believe in the existence of God. You know, like, hey, do you believe that there is a God? Yeah, I believe that. You know, but does that make them a believer? Like what I'm trying to talk about, a biblical believer? It makes them, you know, that's a good first step, definitely, that to believe, in, believe that there's a God. Amen. Um, John chapter 3 said... Whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. Acts 16 said, if a person believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be saved. So it means a true believer 
uh, you know, uh, has done what it takes biblically to be saved and have everlasting life. That's kind of what those two verses are telling me. However, based on these verses, I still don't know, you know, really how to believe. Like what, 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 what constitutes it? So let's, let's just talk about it. the first step in believing in the believing process is a heartfelt belief in the existence of God. I think a lot of people can agree on that one. Like, okay, what's my very first step? I got to believe in the existence of God. Amen. Uh, because if I don't believe in God, then I can't believe that he became a man, which is the th- next th- thing, right? And that that man died for my sins. And so that's, that's the progression. Read Hebrews 11, verse 6. Amen. So whoever comes to God has to believe that he is. Okay, so that's the first step. I've got to believe that he is, that he exists. Uh, because then, then that helps me have faith. Because if I believe in him, then I have faith. Right? Faith, that's where faith starts. Amen. So the, the next step is that I must believe that God came in human form and died for my sins. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That I believe in him, the only begotten son, and what he did. So I have to believe Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And only way to God is through him. He's the door. He said anybody that climbs up a, another way is a thief and a robber. Like if you, you know, if you go home and you're kind of looking out your backyard window and you see somebody like climbing up, climbing over your fence and like getting in your backyard and like wanting to come in your house through the back sliding door, it's like, and you never saw this person before, it's like, um, thief and a robber, ding, 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 ding. That's not, oh, uh, you know, Uncle Joe coming, you know, just to surprise us. No, I mean, you know, you come through the door, right? There's a door, there's a way to come in, and there's a way to come in. Jesus said, I'm the door. Amen. And so, so we believe in the existence of God. We believe that God became a man, and what that man did for us, and uh, he died for our sins, rose again, was buried, and rose again the third day, right? So the next step is, in the believing process, is, and, is, and this is all the anatomy of a believer, is repentance, Right? When I'm ready to do something about this belief, I believe in God. Now, if I believe in God, that means a lot of things can't be the way some people say they are and vice versa. So I got to rethink things or whatever. I believe in God. Amen. I believe that he came and died for me. And then the next step is repentance. Read Luke 13, verse 3. Okay, so except we repent... We shall all likewise perish. Okay? Now, did you, now, remember we read a verse earlier that had the word perish in it, which was John 3.16. If you, you know, if we believe in him, we shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So part of believing in him is repenting. Because if we don't repent, we perish. Right? So you see how there's more to it. We can't just take one verse and and run with it. It's a combination of things. It's a culmination of things that make up a believer in God. Amen. And I'm, and, and I'm kind of talking about the early stages of a believer right now. I'm talking about like when we first believe and what we do to, you know, get going in this thing. Amen. So we repent. And so to repent is to have a change of heart and a change of direction. 
You know, it's like an about face. You know, like in the army when, when they're all going, you know, I don't know what they're, you know, they're coming up with all these things, right? They're all lockstep. And then, and then they'll say, then they'll say, you know, about face and they'll go like that and they'll go this way, right? And they change their direction. Amen. And about face. And you know, what's interesting in the Australian army, they don't say the term about face. They say repent and they turn. They use the word repent actually. Because it, it, one of the meanings is to do an about face. And so we do an about face when we repent. We acknowledge there's a God that, you know, we check into that. He's got a better plan and a better program than what we've been viewing out that's available around here. Amen. And then we, we say, okay, I want to make some changes and line myself up with you uh, and, and, uh, and get your blessings. Amen. So... Uh, you know, it's, it's not only that change of heart and change of direction, but it's also asking him to forgive us for our sins, right? Amen. Um, now, there's a, there's a sinner's prayer that you've heard of. Everybody heard of the sinner's prayer? There's like a prayer called the sinner's prayer. There's a lot of variations of it, but it's basically about the same thing. And here's, here's one variation of the sinner's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, and this is what you, you know, someone would pray if when they're like ready to start making moves toward God, right? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. That's one version of the sinner's prayer. And there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that prayer. It's perfectly, perfectly fine. But there's more to being a believer than just praying that prayer. That's the beginning, and I gotta I gotta do that, and it's it gets me going in the right direction, amen. Uh, and, and and it's a great start, uh, and it can be considered part of the repentance process because I'm asking God to forgive me, amen. Uh, and however, it doesn't constitute the completion of the salvation process based on what a true believer is. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Um, so once I repent of my sins, I need to receive remission of those sins. And the word remission is washing away, uh, blotting out, you know, like, you know, the commercial where you have the bounty paper towels and you have this riffraff brand that's like five cents for each roll, you know, that like you touch it and it disintegrates. You know, it's almost like a big roll of toilet paper, basically. It's just like, what is this? You know, and, you know, they have like the, you know, the guy slow motion, like spilling this thing on there. And then, the, you know, the bounty saves it from going on the white couch. And this other one drips the juice on there. Right? Bounty, yes, bounty. You know, but that's, it blots it up, right? You're blotting up, you know, like an ink blotter or whatever. You're, you're taking it and the Jesus blots our sins and takes them away completely doesn't leave any left amen once we repent and we're we, then the remission of sins happens amen and and so uh, it's the remission the forgiveness the washing away of sins is the, it, it follows repentance um, and remission of sins always comes through his name and his blood amen now, his blood was shed for the remission of our sins. 
Amen. And uh, his body was broken for our healing. So that's what communion is all about. When you, when you think about communion, communion is the, the bread is symbolic of his broken body and the blood, shed blood for the, you know, uh, for the remission of sins. Um, and it comes through his name and his blood. Read Acts 22, verse 16. Amen. And uh, this is actually Paul's testimony. He was testifying about his own experience. And he said, hey, now, uh, why do you, what are you waiting for? The word terrius means, what are you waiting for? Arise, be baptized, wash away thy sins. How, how do you do that? Calling on the name of the Lord. So believing and water baptism go hand in hand. So p- part of the anatomy of a believer is water baptism. Amen. So because we are, uh, we repent, which is kind of like his death, symbolic of his death, and we're buried with him in baptism, which is symbolic of his burial. Amen. Read Mark 16, 16. Amen. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Because what you're saying is, you know, you can, you can extrapolate, if, you know, if you believe and are baptized, that's part of the salvation process. So that means, you know, part of believing is not just believing, but being baptized. And then, but if you don't believe that, then, you know, you won't be baptized. So that's basically what he was saying. Um, so the word damned is another word for, that's the King James word, but other versions say condemned. Read Acts 8. Verse 12, amen. So Philip preached. He's one, he was like an evangelist going around and preaching uh, different places. Uh, this is, you know, the early church, so they were visiting, you know, and it was all new to a lot of people. Um, so when people believed his preaching, you know, about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. So baptism always was a part of believing in the New Testament church. Read Acts eight thirty six through 38. Amen. So this is the same Philip we just read about in verse 12 that many people believed. So he was having, he was in Samaria, which was, uh, you know, outside of Jerusalem, um, you know, kind of the next area over, having a big old revival. All these people are believing and getting baptized. And then all of a sudden God calls him away from this revival in Samaria and has him go out to the desert because this guy, this eunuch, which was from Ethiopia, was visiting in town, and he was on his way back to Ethiopia, and he happened to be in his chariot, stopped reading the book of Isaiah, and he wasn't sure what he was reading, and he, and I, I, he, I, it doesn't really say, but I imagine he said a prayer, or he said something out loud, or in his heart he said, boy, I wish someone could show me what this means, and all of a sudden, boop, you know, here comes Philip out of the blue, I mean, this guy, is, there's nothing around. You know, he's got like a couple scorpions he's waving at, and you know, there's a horny toad, and and then there's a Gila monster, and there's a sidewinder snake or whatever. Yeah, but no people, which is me and the book of Isaiah and a bunch of reptiles, you know, or whatever, out in the out in the desert. And here comes Philip, and he get, and he joins himself on the chariot, and he goes, "Hey, do you understand what you're reading?" He goes, "No, and that's why I need somebody to show me." And and Philip, because the New Testament wasn't there yet. Now we we were blessed because we have the old and the new, but they didn't have the new yet because they were in the middle of writing it still. And so from the book of Isaiah, Philip preached Jesus to him. And obviously, when you preach Jesus, something has to do with baptism, because 
they started on their way and they were chatting and the, the chariot was just going down the, the little road or whatever, the path, and uh, all of a sudden they came on a body of water. And this was after a little while of discussion. Amen. And the eunuch, you know, said, whoa, there's some water. Hey, what, what's holding me up from being baptized? Well, if you believe with all your heart, you can. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. All right, let's get wet. That's, that's all that he was waiting for. Do you believe with all your heart? I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Well, see, so he, this was all the preaching. So obviously baptism was mentioned in all that stuff. And they went down in the water, got baptized, and the eunuch went on his way. And did you know that eunuch went back to Ethiopia, and history says he started a, like a one-man revival by himself. He was, he was in the, the government. He was in the kingdom uh, of the, you know, Candace was uh, the queen of Ethiopia at the time, and he was like a high up in her uh, administration. And so he affected Ethiopia for the Lord. That's a one man out in the boonies, you know, that just, hey, I wonder what this means. I want to be a believer. Amen. Praise God. Read Acts 16.33. So remember, Acts 16 were the jail, and the, it was the jailbreak, but nobody broke and all that stuff. And the jailer was all, you know, what must I do to be saved? And... That was verse 31, and now we're in verse 33 here. And uh, that same hour of the night, not even the next morning, that same hour of the night. Well, first of all, what he did was uh, he gave first aid a little bit more better for Paul and Silas. Because before they were thrown in prison, they were beaten pretty bad with a whip, with whips and whatever stripes. Um, and so they probably didn't do a really good job because, hey, you're prisoners, it's, get in there, you know. And they were in the inner prison, and it was bad shape, and I'm sure it was uh, very bad squalid conditions. Uh, so the first thing he did was he, he bound up their wounds a little bit better. But that very hour that the, that the doors flew open, not only did he help them in the, with their stripes and their, their backs and stuff and, 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 and get them all fixed up, he was baptized he and all his, his whole family, was baptized. Now, if baptism isn't part of believing, then why would they be thinking it's so important to do it that same hour? It's, it's important. Amen. So, I mean, even in Acts chapter 10, when, when uh, Cornelius, the Roman centurion, uh, was really hungry for God, but he didn't know what to, what, what to do, and God sent an angel, hey, call for Peter, he'll come over, he'll tell you what to do. And, uh, and Peter said, why did you call me over here? Well, an angel, I prayed to God, and the angel said to you, you'll come over here and you'll tell me words by which me and all my house will be saved, because we want to be believers. And then Peter, you know, said, hey, well, it looks like God wants to not only save the Jews, but he wants to save everybody in the whole world, because Cornelius was a Roman centurion, and the Jews wouldn't want to go to them at all. But God said, no, I want this for everybody. It doesn't matter who they are. And, and while Peter was preaching a little sermon in the living room with Cornelius and his family on, a, on the couches and the chairs or whatever, the Spirit of God came and filled those people with his Spirit while he was preaching. He didn't even say, Amen, and, you know, come down and kneel at the altar. I mean, he's in the living room, you know. This is out in the field. This is out in the, in the trenches. And, and while he was speaking, they were filled with the Spirit. But you know what Peter said? Can any man forbid water? that these should not be baptized as well as we? 
Amen. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So baptism and the Spirit of God. Baptism and believing. Baptism and repentance. It's all part of it. Amen. Read Acts 18. Oh, I didn't give that one out yet. Okay, so I got a few more scriptures here. Uh, Virginia, can you get Acts 18.8? Acts 18.8. And Daniel, Mark 16.17. Daniel, Mark 16.17. And George, John 7.38 and 39. John 7.38 and 39. And Jenny... Acts 19.2, and how about Imelda, Romans 116, uh, 1.16, Romans 1.16. So Virginia, could you read Acts 18.8? So this, this ruler of the synagogue, he believed on the Lord, and his house did too, which means, you know, not the, the house itself, obviously the, his family. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. So believing, baptism, believing, baptism. Well, it's a believer. I, gotta, I repent. I believe in God. I have faith in God. I believe what the Son of God did. I baptize in His name. Amen. I identify with His death and His burial. Amen. I'm baptized with Him. Uh, and then another part of be- the believing process is receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's another important part of the believing process. Read Mark 16, 17. Amen. They shall speak with new tongues. So that's that when we talked about we're talking about a, a, a series on Thursday night about our tongue and about words of life and death uh, that come out of our tongue, our mouths. And uh, this is an important part. We talked about uh, how what happened when the spirit of God was poured out in Acts chapter two, God uh, affected their tongue first and foremost. I'm sure he was doing something simultaneously in his heart as well in their hearts. But, uh, you know, so. Very important. We're going to talk a lot more about it on Thursday night, so a little plug for Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Don't, don't forget uh, the series, uh, Words, Life, and Death. Amen. But these signs shall follow them that believe. So a believer will have some signs following. They'll be able to like lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So not just ministers can do that. Anybody, anybody any believer. Amen. Uh, and there's several things there. Uh, and then read John 7, 38 and 39. All right, so Jesus, this is while he was still alive, before he died, he said, if you believe on me as the scripture has said. See, that, that's a very important phrase. We want to be scriptural believers, right? I mean, because we all, like I said, we all have our opinions, and we could go out, uh, like, go over Norwalk Square and walk around, you know, with just get one of those, like, you know, karaoke microphones, cut the cord off and act like it's cordless or whatever. And then put our little, you know, uh, you know, X Y Z station. Hey, we're just interviewing people today, and you know, what, what do you think? Of, what What is a believer in God? You know, what What does it mean to believe in God? And so we get, you know, like fifty thousand answers, whatever. But you know, he that believeth on Jesus said, "Believe on me, as the Scripture has said," and then you're going to get everything the Scripture promises. Amen. That goes with it. So if you believe as the Scripture has said, out of his belly. Out of your belly, and that's not you know your literal belly. It's just talking about your in you know your insides. It's a descriptive word, metaphorical word. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The spirit is compared to wind. The spirit is con- compared to oil in the Bible, and the spirit's compared to to water, living water in the Bible. 
And, and this, this metaphor of rivers of living water, he spoke of talking about the Spirit, which they that believe on Him should receive. Amen. Praise God. They that believe on Him should receive. So it's an experience we should receive. If we're a believer, we should want to receive that experience. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So as long as Jesus was alive, the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out. Because He said, you know, when I go away, the Comforter will come back. But I'm with you right now. I'm your Comforter. You know, so he was their comforter right then. But then when, when he was crucified and he rose again and then he was, you know, walking around for quite a few days, you know, showing himself alive and uh, proving his resurrection. And then he ascended up into heaven. Right. And that's when they were going to need another comforter. Right. Because they were going to need that. Uh, and then now read Acts 19, verse two. All right. So now this is Apostle Paul and he's in Ephesus. Back in those days, in this particular passage. So he's in Ephesus, and he comes across a group of people. And he talks to them, and uh, he said, Hey, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because he, he could see that they were some type of believers in God or whatever. And then their response was, We didn't hear whether there be any Holy Ghost. If you, if you look into that, and uh, you know, literally, because he found out that they... Uh, were John the Baptist's disciples. Remember before Jesus was John the Baptist, right? And John the Baptist kind of was, he prepared the way for Jesus. And John was baptizing people, and he was getting people, he was teaching them some things, and kind of like preparing the way so that he could just point people to Jesus. And, and that's what he did. And, uh, and some people, uh, when they followed uh, John the Baptist, they, you know, they didn't realize that Jesus was the thing that they needed to follow after that. You know, some followers of John kind of got off and maybe they, they went away from the country. They didn't know what was happening. But anyway, these guys were followers of John the Baptist. And they, and they knew uh, John's teaching. He said, look, he said, I'm not the Christ. He said, I'm just preparing the way for him. And he said, but he said, uh, you know, he, the Christ will come and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So they, they were taught that, yeah, the Holy Ghost is coming because the Messiah, the Christ is going to be the baptizer and he's going to be doing that. He goes, I'm just baptizing you in the water. I, I can't baptize you in the spirit. I, I'm, I'm not the Christ, but he'll baptize you in the spirit of God. So they understood that truth. So when they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost, it's not, what they're really saying is, hey, we didn't hear the Holy Ghost was, was available yet. You know, we, we didn't know it was, well, you know, and, well, how were you baptized? John the baptized. Oh, okay. All right, I got you. And, but notice what he said. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, you, you know, you'll receive the Spirit of God. And uh, that's a question I've asked uh, many people over the years. Amen. You know, that, that they were believers. And have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Sometimes it's received very nicely. Sometimes people aren't, you know, whatever about it. Because they have different, everybody has different views. But I'm just going as the scripture has said. Amen. 
And it says, he that believeth, as the scripture said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? It's so, uh, such an important experience that's part of our belief. You know, but our, our belief is in God and in what his son did. It's faith in him. It's repentance. It's water baptism. It's spirit baptism. Amen. And this is what the gospel is all about. Because we read about the gospel. That word gospel is mentioned many times in the New Testament. And the word gospel literally means good news. But the good news is Jesus died. He was buried. And he rose again the third day. Amen. And he did a little dance on his tombstone, so to speak. And death could not keep him. Which means that when we're ready to get out of the grave someday, death's not going to keep us either. Amen. Because he has power over all that. Amen. And, uh, and, you know, and we need that spirit, that spirit inside of us. That's what the gospel is all about. The gospel message is death, burial, and resurrection, repentance, baptism, and the Holy Spirit. That's what, that's what the new birth is all about. That's what being born again of the water and the spirit is all about. Amen. Many years ago... When uh, I was doing this a couple years before I got married, but then I was doing it a couple years after I got married, I was doing uh, repairing video games and pinball machines back when Pac-Man was, you know, brand new. And, uh, you know, even like before that, Asteroids and, and uh, Galaga and some of these, you know, um, games and stuff like that and pinball machines. So I, I did that. I worked... Uh, you know, and I went, I had a big route of, you know, 300 games. I'd go to polling alleys and skate rinks and, and repair games and stuff. Uh, amen. And, and uh, why am I even saying this? You know, you know when you lose your thought? I have no idea why I'm going there. I'm trying to desperately to remember. <laughs> it's not about the games. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Okay, I know. Praise the Lord. Okay. So I had to go into to L.A., you know, like once a week because that's where, like, the spare parts were. And then the, we had to bring games that need to be repaired because the game just sitting there with an out-of-order sign. You know, the management's not getting any money. And, you know, you get hundreds of dollars and quarters in every game. Uh, I mean, it was when it was, you know, it was a big money maker back for those people. So I had to go to these repair places, and I remember I you know, get to know the people behind the counter and all that kind of stuff, and parts department and stuff. And you know, we got to talking, and they found out that I was a uh, a Christian. And uh, I wasn't a Christian when I started the job, but then I became a Christian, and then I got married after I shortly after I became a Christian too. Uh, so a lot of big things in my life early on. But uh, so one of the guys, you know, he goes. Oh, so you're a, you're a, you know, like a believer, you're a Christian, you know. I, I go, yeah, he goes, are you one of those born-again Christians? You know, like, you know, with like a little, you know, like there's something, something wrong with, you know, like a little weird, you know, about the born-again Christians side or whatever. Are you one of like, you know, like, are you one of those like ordinary mellow type Christians? Or are you one of those born-again Christians? <laughs> you know, that like hoop and holler and like get all whatever, you know, I don't know. But, you know, it's like. There's no other kind, folks. There's not like Christians and born-again Christians. But there's, there's Bible Christians. There's Bible believers. Amen. And that's, what the, that's why we go, as the Scripture has said. I don't want to be going by the traditions of men. I want to go with what the Bible said. 
Amen. So Jesus told us, he, he said to preach the gospel to every person. And, and, uh, and that gospel is the saving message. And that's what we preach, and that's what must be obeyed, and that's how, in order to enter the kingdom of God and be saved. You know, death is repentance, and burial is baptism, and resurrection is spirit. It's the new birth, it's the being born again, like I mentioned. And our final verse is Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. Amen. So that's the gospel that was preached to us, and we believe it and become a believer by following these, you know, as far as I'm concerned, easy and simple steps to be part of, you know, part of the body of Christ, whatever. And then Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I know it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. What do you believe in? I'm believing in repentance. I'm believing in baptism of water and baptism of the spirit. Amen. And, and then this anatomy, you know, I'm, I'm bringing this to a close, but this anatomy is just kind of the front end of our experience. Then we walk with God and then we, you know, keep, you know, keep his word and we, we learn better how to treat our fellow man and do this and do that. Right. Amen. And it's a, and, you know, being a believer is a, it's a lifetime proposition. You know, it's a day by day. We're becoming more like him because that's, you know, what a believer is a Christian, right? And a Christian is a disciple or a follower of God to be Christ like, to be like him. He left us an example that we should follow his steps. He had compassion. We should have compassion. He had mercy. He had this, you know, that or whatever. And he uh, looked on the plight of people. uh, And, you know, and so that's what we're talking about. Amen. The anatomy of a believer. So we dissected the believer here a little bit. It wasn't too messy. Amen. But we found out a little more... uh, about us. So when you say, you know, hey, I'm, you know, hey, he's a believer. Hey, she's a believer. Oh, really? All right. Well, now, okay, I know what that, I can put something to that word now. Amen. Because I've opened the hood, you know, and I looked under inside. Praise God. And I'm not just saying, hey, you know, that's a car over there. But now, no, I know that, you know, that's got a 5.3, you know, liter V8 in it with some oomph or whatever. And I looked, I saw some wires and I saw some Whatever that is over there, but it looked like it was doing something. Amen, right? You know, but you, know, you can look at the car, but then you can look, hey, what, what does this car have? You know, and you, some people could tell you every little part in there. And that's what we're talking about. So it's important to, to know, amen, what, what it is to be a believer. Because we, we want all the blessings that come with being a believer. Amen. If we believe as the scripture has said, then we'll receive as the scripture has said. Amen. And have favor as the scripture has said. Praise God. Let's stand. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.